Oh God, your saving power sustains us in the dark nights of our lives. Your holy word guides us to restore our hope, our faith, our discipleship. So open our hearts and minds to the presence of your spirit so that as your word is read and proclaimed, your light may lead us to new life with you. Amen. Today we'll read eight verses from the fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians. So listen as Paul describes followers of Jesus Christ as being like clay jars, inexpensive, easily broken, but holding marvelous treasure. Listen as Paul describes the life of Jesus' followers as afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, but not crushed or driven to despair, forsaken, or destroyed. Paul tells us that these tribulations, these troubles are temporary, and that until Christ comes again, Christians will be in conflict with the powers of the present age. And I'm not talking about elected powers. I'm talking about consumerism and cynicism and ugliness and all those other powers of the present age. So listen for God's word. We don't preach about ourselves. Instead, we preach about Jesus Christ as Lord, and we describe ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. God said that light should shine out of darkness. He is the same one who shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay pots so that the awesome power belongs to God and doesn't come from us. We are experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we aren't crushed. We're confused, but we aren't depressed. We're harassed, but we aren't abandoned. We are knocked down, but we aren't knocked out. We always carry Jesus' death around in our bodies so that Jesus' life can also be seen in our bodies. We who are alive are always being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that Jesus' life can also be seen in our bodies that are dying. So death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, did you hear or see the Louisiana televangelist Jesse DePlantis on the news this week? This prosperity gospel preacher claims that God has told him to tell his followers to buy him a $54 million private jet. Now, he... uh, That's another jet. He already has three that they paid for. NBC News showed one of his buddies explaining why this preacher just could not ride around in a regular commercial jet, which he said was just a long tube with a bunch of demons. (laughs) I've ridden a bunch of planes. I hadn't seen any demons yet, but that's what he says. $54 million. 
Well, as I read our text from 2 Corinthians, I thought about those guys who, who claim that they're being wealthy, and not necessarily you being wealthy, but their being wealthy is God's will. And I also recalled a song. Do you remember that a cappella song that Janice Joplin recorded back in 1970? Oh, Lord. Won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches, I must make amends. Well, her song goes on to request a night on the town and a couple of other things. She was, she was said it, was, it had to do with consumerism. Well, by the way, that was the very last song she recorded because at age 27, she died of a heroin overdose. Well, when Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, he was contrasting his message with that of some of the other preachers' messages, which he, when he said, we don't preach about ourselves, instead we preach about Jesus Christ as Lord. And in his first letter to that church in Corinth, Paul had said, I had made up my mind not to think about anything while I was with you except Jesus Christ and to preach Christ crucified. The cross was central. Now Paul's preaching pointed to Jesus Christ. He did not point to Paul the apostle. He pointed to Christ. God's glory coming to earth not as some abstraction or unusual being but as a human being. A form that we fellow human beings can understand. Paul did not promise prosperity. He did not promise a life of ease. He did not paint some rosy picture of discipleship as a comfortable, easy life and all the rules you could eat. He never, ever suggested that church provide him a mansion or a jet plane or a diamond pinky ring or some other symbol of earthly wealth. But Paul did talk about having a treasure the treasure being the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul says, we have this treasure in clay pots. So the awesome power belongs to God. It doesn't come from us. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever, have you ever thought of yourself as some cheap, fragile clay pot holding a great treasure? Paul says that's exactly what he is, what we are. And as a scholar, John Proctor writes that for Paul, carrying that treasure is not a comfortable calling. Paul's experience as an apostle is one of pressure, persecution, problem, pain. Paul suffered, but he did not succumb. He got down, but he did not get out. In the eighth and ninth verses, he gives us four of what I call but not clarifications. First, we're experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we're not crushed. Our life circumstances may hem us in, but, but when God is on our side, when God is with us, or we're more important, we're with God. We're not, we might be hemmed in, but we'll never be cornered. Second one is we're confused, but not depressed. That is, we may get to our wits end, but we are never without hope. 
Third one is we're harassed, but not abandoned. You remember what the 27th Psalm says? Even if my father and mother left me, the psalmist wrote, if they left me all alone, the Lord would take me in. We are never abandoned. We may be persecuted and abandoned by others, but God's never going to abandon us. I have a little book someone gave me that said, God's never let me down yet, but he scared me a few times. <laughs> Takes that faith. We are knocked down as the fourth one, but not knocked down. At times we'll be beaten, but we won't be defeated. And again, look at Psalm 27, which says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, earlier in this fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians, Paul has explained the problem that people who don't have faith have. The God of this, this age has blinded the minds of those who don't have faith so they couldn't see the light of the gospel that reveals Christ's glory. Christ is the image of God. Our job as disciples, mine and yours, our role as disciples of Jesus Christ is to live in such a way that it reflects the love of Jesus Christ. A lot of people think of folks in the church, of Christians as being like that church lady caricature on Saturday Night Live, or others who are judgmental and negative, or, or often sometimes even hateful. But that's not what Jesus was, and that's not what we're to be. We're to set an example that's different by lifting people up, not putting them down, by welcoming the stranger, not by fearfully shunning them, by giving of ourselves, not by living the me first kind of life, by storing up treasures in heaven, not building bigger barns for our stuff, by making Christ the center of our life, not acting like I am the center of the universe, by loving God with all our heart and soul and mind, and by loving our neighbors as ourselves. Thanks be to God. Love the Lord. Choose the good. Hold fast to God so that you may abound in hope. Now may the wisdom of God, the love of Christ, and the peace of the Holy Spirit shine brightly in your life this day and always. <laughs>